0: To take just a few minutes and talk about. Uh, well, I'll ask a question. Start like, when was the last time you talked about money? When was the last time you thought about money? Probably this morning, <laughs> because we talk about it in so many ways. Because it's in our face all the time, right now. I mean. We go to the, the price of gas is up, and the value of the dollar is down. The price of groceries is up. The stock market is down. The price of everything is up. And the supply of almost everything you want or need is down. So right now, we, we're talking about and hearing about money all the time every time you turn on the radio every time you watch the news it's it's everywhere everywhere until and we're very it's very natural for us to talk about it until I talk about it from up here and then folks start getting all uncomfortable and stuff and and I understand especially if you're if you're new Uh, You may be thinking uh, right now or haven't been here very long. You may be, I knew it. All they want is, all they want is my money. And I want to put you at ease on that because um, uh, if, if if that is your thought, please don't give any of your money. Don't, don't give one dime. If you never give one cent, we will still minister to you. We will still come to the hospital and visit you. We will still marry you and your kids and all of that. So just relax. We're not coming after your money. We don't want anything from you. We want a whole lot for you, though. And and over the last few weeks, I've felt more and more compelled just to take one Sunday and talk about it. Not to try to bring even conviction or any of that. It's not because the, the church needs more money. It's not because I need a raise. None of that. But we're in a we're in a weird time right now, and things could get really difficult. And there's some in this room and watching online. Welcome if, online. I didn't even welcome if you're here for the first time. Thank you for being here. Um, it's we're in a we're in a difficult time already, and we're. We're at a tipping point, it feels like, right now, where it could get real difficult. And God doesn't want us going into whatever without confidence, without peace, without assurance. He wants to bring hope in the midst of whatever situations that we may find ourselves in, even difficult financial situations. And just to... just to uh, help, um, just to kind of help settle you a little bit more as well, I just want to start by, and to help settle you in thinking that I may be coming, because I know how some folks may be, that I'm not here for your money, um, it doesn't I'm not on a percentage if a million dollars came in I would dance a jig I promise you if a million dollars came in the offering today I would be so excited but it's not going to make a difference on how much I get paid the board has they have set the salary for me and that I'm not on a percentage now if nothing comes in for very long <laughs> my pay will be adjusted uh but it's not about that. I'm not in ministry for, for money. Several years ago, we planted a church in Franklin, Tennessee, which is a, it's a wealthy area. The organization I was with asked if we would plant a church there. We went there. Was, we were loved there. We loved being there. We saw God do some good things. Uh, and this to try to help you know that I'm not in ministry for money. The first year, Pastor Appreciation, for me, was $1,500. Praise God for that. Second year, $10,000. Praise God for that. Third year, $30,000. Praise God for that. And then, felt like God was calling us to Little Rock. Back to Little Rock. Our heart has always been in this area. I knew that we would be back here. God calls us back here. $350 less a week and our regular salary. If I was in ministry for money, I would still be in Franklin, Tennessee. It wasn't like they fired me. It's not about money. It's about I will make room for you. I could go into. Over and over again. How it's. This is not about. Money today. As far as me wanting your money. It is about. Wanting to bring. Some foundational. Principles. That. That. That God wants us, and not to, God doesn't want us in poverty either. Nowhere did Jesus magnify poverty or criticize legitimately getting wealth. God made all things including food, clothing, gold, silver, and diamonds. And God God has declared that all things he has made are good, Genesis 1:31. God knows that we need certain things in order to live. Matthew 6.32 In fact, He has given us richly all things to enjoy. 1 Timothy 6.17 So God doesn't want us walking around in poverty. It's not, a, He doesn't, there's no holiness in being poor. There's definitely not holiness in having a poverty mentality. Amen? Amen. Y'all still nervous because I'm talking about money. What the Bible, Old Testament, and New Testaments, what it does warn us a lot, warns us about greed and about covetousness and about dishonest gain and about stinginess. It talks about debt. You know how you know how I could could follow God taking $350 a week last money because I was scared to death of debt and wasn't in a whole lot of debt. The Bible talks about that. We're not going to talk about it today, but 25% of Jesus' recorded messages were about money and possessions. So Jesus talked about it a lot. So if we don't talk about it, we're talking talking about not talking about 25% of what Jesus talked about. So it's not wrong. You can pull out your notes and follow along. I'm getting to the notes now. It's not wrong to possess things, but it's wrong for things to possess us. Aren't you glad it's not wrong to possess things? I like things myself. I've been broke, and I've been not broke. I like not broke better. (laughs) Jesus warned against the sin of living for things of this life. He pointed out some of the sad consequences of covetousness and idolatry. And the economy is extremely weird right now, and it could get more weird, but God wants us to have hope in the middle of it, and that's what I'm hoping that we will see out of these few verses in this one chapter where Jesus talked about finances and possessions in Matthew chapter 6. Let's just look at just a few real quickly, some foundational principles that Jesus talked about here. The first one is the lordship principle. These are are principles that will build confidence and security in the most difficult situations or in the most plush situations. Matthew six twenty four says this. Jesus said this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We serve God and we use money instead of letting it use us. It's about ownership and stewardship. Jesus also talked about in Matthew 25. Starting with the verse 14, I encourage you to go back and look at at this, but it's a parable that Jesus talked, he was talking about the kingdom of God. And he said this, again, it will be like a man... And this man, if you I didn't want to go into the entire parable, but this, this man is comparable, he was comparing God to this man. It will be like a man going on a journey who has who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Verse 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And if you read the entire entire parable, he comes back and takes account of what they did with this money that he entrusted them with, comparing what we have is all God's gifts to us. He owns it. And we're stewards of what he has given us. So if you made $700 this week, how much of it is God's? $700. Malachi 3, one of the, it's not in your notes, I don't think. I think we may have it up here. But it's one of the most familiar passages Talking about tithing, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that that there will not be room enough to store it. Before that, he says, will a man rob God? And And the people there said, how have we robbed you? And he said, you've robbed me because you haven't brought in the tithe into you haven't brought back to me a portion of what I've entrusted you with. The entire book of Malachi, one of the very first statements that God says in the book of Malachi is I love you. Because he. it's not about what he wants from us, it's what he wants for us. And it goes on to they were bringing in, instead of, instead of unblemished animals and stuff, they were bringing in sick animals and all kinds of stuff for the sacrifices, and they were robbing God. So it's about ownership and stewardship. Notice that it said to bring the whole tithe and not give a tithe. Because you give what's yours You bring back what's his. All right, Dad taught me whenever I was young, and I thought I would show you. Brought ten dollars, the ten ones, just in case. And here's what we do. I never got ten dollars for my allowance. I got two, but it was, and that was after I'd mowed the yard and. On the outside and dusted everything on the inside. So I got $2. So a tenth of $2 was 20 cents, but it's easier to act like Dad was really generous and gave me 10. But he taught me that this is God's. So all God asks. In acknowledgement. I'll give you. I'm giving you this. All I'm asking is that you bring one back to acknowledge that you understand this, and then you can do whatever you want to do with this. Man, is that a great deal or what? So, when I, from the time I was just a kid, I was thinking that's such a great deal. I would give instead of 20 cents, (laughs) instead of, I would give $1 because I felt like I was rich. You know, if you're a kid and you got $10, you'll roll that sucker up and feel like you're rich. So that was such a great deal. Give two instead of one because I still have this. Then get a little older, get a job and I couldn't get tens because the ATM wouldn't give out tens so I gave 20 so I really got a raise (laughs) (laughs) so you get $200 you feel like man all he wants is one and I still have all of this to do whatever and he says I'll bless this if you'll just bring back this, man, what a great deal. So, I think that's such a great deal. I'll bring this and I'll up it a little bit more. And I've done this my entire life. A little bit more. Still have. All this other. Praise God for that. Then, you start getting a hundred dollars, and it turns into a thousand dollars, and then all of a sudden you start thinking, Man, that's a lot of money, <laughs> and all of a sudden. We start thinking, all right, God, I'll give you a couple of these, and I'll give you three of these. I think $45 is pretty good. That's probably more than some other folks are given, And we start robbing God. And it diminishes the confidence that you have whenever you go through difficult times because you know that it's all God's. And all he's asking is for us to bring back in acknowledging that, and the promise that comes with that is see if I will not take care of you. And I have been through times whenever I was terribly broke. But whenever I was terribly broke, I was still giving more to my 10% of anything that came in. Pretty easy, whenever $2 came in. <laughs> I started with an allowance, and it got there at some point as well, after I got 40-some years old. And yet I still didn't go hungry, had a roof over my head, had a little she-money in my wallet, had a little she-money that she don't know about. But money she always gets? Uh, because my dad taught me at a very young age. And during that time, it was extremely difficult whenever I was going through desperate financial times. It was extremely difficult for me, not because. I didn't know that God was going to bring us through that because I stood on the promises of God. I mean, whenever I go through, whenever you've been faithful in that, all of a sudden you can say, God, it's all yours. I don't have a problem. You got a problem. My biggest deal was I didn't feel like I was able to provide for my wife what she deserved. but in the midst of it I knew that God was going to bring us through it because I may be broke but I ain't poor because my family I'm not talking about this family I'm talking about my God my heavenly father I am a child of God and he doesn't raise up kids and just to be living with a poverty mentality I'm broke but I ain't poor I'm going to learn something from it. And I'm a better man because of the time that I went through that. It's about ownership and stewardship under the principle of lordship. He is Lord. All right. The next thing that we see in Matthew 6 is the investment principle. The investment principle. Matthew 6, starting verse 19, I'm reading it out of the, the message version. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust, rust <laughs> or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place... Our, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. In other words, another translation says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if you don't have any money in the stock market, you don't get emotional whenever you see the dip in the stock market. You got a bunch of money in your stock market? And the stock market, you're paying attention to that. Amen? Maybe none of y'all got any money in the stock market. I don't know. Because where you have invested, and if you've invested not only in the Lordship deal, if you've invested your life into people and have invested your finances into his kingdom work, all of a sudden, your heart is and your attention is expecting that God is going to do something with because He promised that and it's where rust and corrupt can't be devalued kingdom investments cannot be devalued, stolen, or corrupted. Kingdom. Investments cannot be devalued, stolen, or corrupted. All they do is gain interest. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your heart and attention follows your investments. Your heart and your attention follow your investments. It hurts your heart whenever you see dollars devalued. All right, moving on to the next, to the trust principle. The trust principle. <clears throat> Again, these principles cover whether you're, whether you're broke right now or whether you're rich right now here on earth. It covers the gamut, and it brings confidence no matter what. All right, the trust principle, Matthew 6. Starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus talking. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap, store store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, you can shorten your life with worry. Or a single cubit to your height? And... And why do you worry about clothes see how the flowers of the field grow they they don't labor or spin yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of the, uh, was dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire will he not much more clothe you you of little faith it's the trust principle. So don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. We'll say this. It says don't worry. It does not say don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Trust in God produces the peace of God. Trust in God produces the peace of God. I've said it over and over again down through the years because it, it was those times. There were, there were times in ministry, and Seth, you can come back if you'd like. Where would go weeks not being able to finances not being able there I, I would hold my payroll check for weeks, and I would flip houses or do whatever I could do to be able to um, make sure the staff never held payroll checks. They always got their payroll check, but I would hold mine for up to 10 weeks at times until, until we flipped a house or something and was able to give enough money to the church to where I could cash my payroll check. There were years there, were years there where I, Mickey and I, not I, where we gave to the church more than what we were paid by the church. During all of that time, laying up treasures, I truly believe that. During all of that time, the Lord provided over and over and over again in miraculous ways. In some of those times, it got really, really close. But the confidence that comes whenever you're laying in bed at night and all of that anxiety starts trying to hit. Some of y'all have been there. May be there right now. You may be watching this morning and part of the reason why you're, you're not here physically is because you're in one of those places. I'd lay there and I'd say God you know that I know that it's all yours I have been faithful and I don't understand and I didn't I do not understand why I'm following you as closely as I can follow you. And yet we find ourselves in this place right now. But I'm yours. And I'm going to trust you in the middle of it. And I take your word that says, it says be ancient to rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. So God I rejoice in you. Laying in bed at night all the anxiety trying to hit, Lord, I trust you, and I rejoice in you. You are my Father. You are my King. You are my Lord. You say, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So, Lord, I bring to you right now my requests. I thank you for what I have. I thank you for this wife that is snoring next to me right now. She is in such peace. And I've got this anxious stuff going on with me right now. But you said don't be anxious to trust you. So I'm going to thank you for my wife. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for this bed. I thank you for help. Find stuff to be thankful for. Wrap up your petition and your need. So Lord, I thank you for all of this. And I thank you that you see. I rejoice in you. And I come before you right now, God. And you said, don't worry. Don't be anxious. So I'm going to give that to you. But I'm going to bring my need to you and say, God, I have been faithful. I love you. And I'm expecting that you will provide from some direction provide. It goes on to say, and the peace that passes understanding, this is in Philippians chapter 4, the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart. So God, right now, I receive your peace. It's amazing how whenever we settle the lordship issue, very beginning that is the first principle it's the lordship principle God you own it all including me you own it it's amazing how much confidence it brings on the promise saying Lord I refuse to worry I'm not going to be anxious because you are my provider. Then lastly, the priorities principle. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow (laughs) it'll worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Ain't that the truth? God is seen tomorrow, and God's provision in our lives is a response from him to us prioritizing his kingdom in our lives. God's provision in our lives is a response to us prioritizing his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom, and then all this other stuff will be added to you as well. The stuff that you're thinking money will add, you will find when you have money. It doesn't do it. It helps bring some peace. <laughs> it does. I'd Again, I'd rather have some money than be broke. I don't like being broke. I don't like digging into my she money unless I'm digging in it for her. But I promise you, no matter what happens in our country in the globe, if the value of the dollar goes to zero, if whatever happens, you prioritize. Seek His kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You can stand in confidence that you don't have to worry because he owns it all he owns it all and he will take care so the big question is do I know him is he is Jesus the Lord of my life and then that leads to the next question do I how well do I know him? How close am I to him?